welcome to the Luminate Speakeasy podcast, where luminaries from across the planet share their stories of awakening. Hey everyone, welcome to the Luminate Speakeasy podcast. This is episode number five, and today I have a special guest, Mary Petchen. And Mary is a Rubenfeld synergist. And you might be scratching your head right now wondering, what is that? And it's um it's an amazing, amazing, super healing, really powerful, potent modality that I've <laughs> recently, recently been exposed to and have had um, so much so many breakthroughs and lots of transformation as a result of working with Mary and working with this modality. So I asked her if she would be on my podcast and share her story of awakening with all of you and hopefully encourage you to do a little research on this modality and maybe even experience it for yourself because I think it's something that the world really needs right now, big time. So hello, Mary. Hello, hello. Thanks for being on the podcast. Well, that was such an incredible introduction. I um, thank you for saying that, that the it's something that the world really needs right now. Yeah. Because when I hear you say that, um, it translates immediately in my head to what we need is um, compassion mm-hmm. for ourselves. Mm-hmm. And we often hear about compassion for other people, which... Mm -hmm. I love that. Um, But compassion for ourselves is what um, over and over, um, I, I, at least it's my desire to introduce people to that when they come in. Mm -hmm. Um, What is it really like to hear yourself, to have compassion for yourself, to have another person lean in and not just try to figure you out, Mm -hmm. but look at you and hear you with compassion. So it's kind of a a big word for me and yeah I do think it's potent to me to be met that way yeah well for myself personally I've been on a a spiritual journey for so long and have tried so many modalities Mm -hmm. because I'm curious and I'm also on a journey and so I want to keep learning about myself so I've done so many different ones and they've all been um, extremely helpful and healing and you know it's always like a timing thing so the timing of finding you and the and this um, modality, I think, have, you know, it was like perfect timing. And now it's like, whoa, this modality is amazing. Oh, my gosh, I'm having all these breakthroughs. But yeah. I wouldn't have been probably ready for them maybe right. at a different time or, or who knows. Or as I was saying to Mary before we even started the podcast, it's like the planet's ready for this work right now. The planet needs this work right now. Yeah. Um, because as you'll hear um, as we talk more... This modality has been around for a while, but it um, it's not very well known. But it's starting to be well known. So I think, which is very indicative of the times and what the planet really needs. And like you said, compassion. Which yeah, combat compassion. And another big part of it for me and for this modality is combat compassion combined with touch as well. Mm-hmm. Um, it's incredible to see and be with a person when they experience um, compassionate listening and compassionate touch mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. at the same time. It, um, it, it's, sometimes they look at me like, what's happening? You know, 
and it's really kind of their nervous system going, well, this is new. Yeah. This is, and, um, and they can start to relax into it. Mm-hmm. And it, it's really, really beautiful. Yeah. It's like, it's my invitation to people to be like, you can have this. Yeah. You, you can feel this way. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's amazing. Mm-hmm. So um, <clears throat> we're going to talk a little bit. I'm going to ask you more questions about Rubenfeld Synergy. But first, I want to get to know you a little bit more. I want the viewers to get to hear your story a little bit. And I'm assuming you've had some, you've had an interesting journey yourself. I'm, I'm assuming this. Assuming. Only, only because I don't think um, just anybody's going to choose to, you know, engage with this type of work. You know, to be, yeah. a, to be a practitioner or a synergist. Yeah, that's a good um, point. You know, I think anybody who's who's doing healing work in some capacity was brought there for a reason, mm-hmm. um, because of their own journey and possibly their own suffering. Um, so if you could give us a little um, tidbit about yourself and about your maybe entry point into living a more awakened life. Okay. Um, so that it... It's interesting. I didn't quite know what I would say. I knew, you know, the topic of the of your podcast, but I wasn't sure quite what I would say. And then just as you were saying that, I it, it feels like I have more permission to go back in time a little bit instead of, you know, this thing of like what really brought you there. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and, you know, I grew up in a family, um, six, I'm the oldest of six kids in very rural West Virginia and the story of our family we all have stories mm-hmm. right? and sometimes they're stories because they're not quite true yeah um, but the story of our family is that we are the perfect family mm. and um, kind of I, I don't like exactly having this recorded but the truth is it was we are the perfect family and kind of everybody wants to be us. Mm. Which, as I say it out loud, sounds kind of sick. <laughs> but, it, but, but it felt, it was a, a way of, of growing up that was, it, it felt very blessed. Mm-hmm. However, I grow up, right? And I'm an adult and I'm like, why do I feel so angry? Why do I feel... Why do I feel sad? Why do I? And um, years ago, my um, I was talking to my sister, and and um, and she said, "I just saw this woman. I had the pleasure of watching her give the demonstration in New York, and um, she's a Rubenfeld synergist. And um, she said, go go and see her. It's such a different approach. This was probably at least fifteen years ago." And so I did. I, I went to see her, Deborah Ramsden in Woodstock, New York. And it was the first time in my life that my whole self was welcomed into the room. And I kind of get choked up even talking mm-hmm. about it mm-hmm. because I didn't know I wasn't invited into the room before. So mm-hmm. it was such a kind of a ground-shaking thing for me mm-hmm. to look at her. And I could see just in on her face, I was like thinking like, what is she doing? Like, 
how do I feel this welcome? Mm -hmm. And she said to me something that I say to, at least I try to remember to say to all of my clients, which is that however you show up here, you're welcome. Whatever part of you shows up, whether it's angry or sad, um, many of us get the message that part of us needs to be checked at the door. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And um, so to have someone really mean it when they said, say, welcome, like, seriously, all of you. Mm-hmm. You know, whatever shows up today, that's what we'll hear. That's what we'll work with. And we'll find out if it's confusing to you why you're angry today. Let's stay with it. Let's get to know what you know about anger. Mm-hmm. What you know, what it feels like in your body, and being given permission to stay with instead of trying to fix, mm-hmm. instead of criticizing. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, and it really was an absolute awakening moment for me, and I thought, this is what I want to do. <laughs> you know, as soon yeah. as my children, I have three kids, as soon as they don't need me as a stay-at-home mom so yeah. much, and... Um, So then I I started the training, oh goodness, um, maybe at least five or six years ago, I can't remember, and I was a little nervous because I thought, I have pumped this up in my head so much, Mm -hmm. right? How Mm -hmm. could it be as good as I remember Mm -hmm. it? And I hadn't had a Rubenfeld session at that point in years because it's, you know, their Rubenfeld synergists aren't aren't just available all over the place and Mm -hmm. we've moved a lot. So... um, it was everything. The training was everything that I needed to be, that I wanted it to be, and way more. Mm-hmm. I mean, to uh, to learn how to really meet another person with compassion mm-hmm. and um, stand in grace as they say the things that maybe they've even been saying all their lives mm-hmm. and still haven't been heard. Yeah. And, and really, maybe not even heard by themselves. And mm-hmm. I'll say, wow, you know, I, what I hear you saying is this. Mm-hmm. And they'll say, oh, my God, I, I've been saying that my whole life. How come you're the first person that heard it? Yeah. Well, for one thing, when we say something all our lives, yeah. <laughs> so we sort of skim over it and, mm-hmm. it, and our tone doesn't give the in, invitation to, let's stay with that. It's just sort of like, oh, it is. But it's my job to lean in and listen to the tone, mm-hmm. to the parts that have gotten kind of skimmed over. And I love this job. Mm. I love it. Yeah. So my that was one of my biggest moments of awakening is that we can... Um, Inviting a person's whole self mm-hmm. without judgment, without trying to change or fix, is transformative. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It simply is. Yeah. Um, yeah. Well, I've experienced it myself, and I love this idea. I mean, I just wish, I wish everybody was trained. Like, in kindergarten, we start the training, or earlier, this is how you meet somebody this is how you meet somebody with compassion. This is how you meet somebody, um, meet their whole self mm-hmm. and bring compassion rather than your judgments and your criticisms mm-hmm. and, you know, oh, or maybe I should help this person change and be fixed because something's obviously wrong that they're feeling this way. Right. You know, I just love that, that that's kind of, you, you had mentioned that, that you, you know, were trained basically like, 
how to meet somebody with this compassion. Well, and it's not an accident Mm -hmm. that we keep doing the same thing over and over. So now I'm thinking of like kindergarten kids because you Mm -hmm. said like if we were trained from that early, it's not an accident when we keep getting angry or Mm -hmm. we keep whatever it is for us. It's... It's not an accident. Yeah. We're angry for a reason. Or we're a kindergartner is flailing around for a reason. Mm-hmm. Hopefully a teacher is trained to then go, sweetie, yeah. like toots. Yeah. What's the deal? Yeah. Why are your arms doing that? Mm-hmm. But not, why are your arms doing that? But exactly. more like, hey, tell me what your arms know about flailing around. Mm-hmm. Right? It's meeting a person in a whole different way. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and to be clear, it's my job mm-hmm. and I love it. Do I do it at the grocery store? <laughs> no, probably not because yeah. I'm not in that same mode. But it, but I do try to carry with me that those elements of compassion and a complete assumption that I do not know what's going on for other people. I yeah. don't. Yeah. Unless they're sitting in here in my office and we're talking about it. And even then, mm-hmm. we're just listening to it. We don't know. We're staying with in order to know. Yeah. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because um, there's something, there's a there's a thing that I love, a quote that I don't know who originally said it, but uh, many of us are well-known, but what we really want is to be known well. Mm-hmm. And that's what happens in here. Mm-hmm. The parts of us that, whether they kind of are in the dark or they're the ones that are really out there, they get to be known well mm-hmm. so that our unconscious isn't kind of leading the way as yeah. much so that our arms aren't flailing around so yeah. much. Yeah, yeah. Well, and I love this. You said this um, early on um, about your story yeah. and how, you know, sometimes we call our story a story because it's not actually true. Right. Like a lot of the stories that we're carrying around are fiction stories. Yeah. Maybe based on an experience that we've had at one point in our history, but again, it can be so skewed. I mean, you ask a family, their perception, everybody in the family, their perception, they might have some similar ideas about the story, but each of your stories are going to be unique. And I love, so I just love that, that you said that, you know, that the reason we call these, most of our stories stories is because they're not true. Right, and I think that's not a real conscious thing. Mm-hmm. Like, no, this is my story. Yeah, like this is, and you're like, what is a story? What is a story? And um, so, yeah, I'd like you to speak a little bit more to the story piece because so many of us are are completely identified with our stories, especially with the stories that um, maybe hold some trauma or pain, mm-hmm. you know, and hurt, and the stories that are. Ex- really feel good too you know we get so identified with those stories both the good and the bad and then we hold on to them and we grasp them and we attach to them and then we think that we are them and we base the rest of our life on them and so do you have huge yeah Yeah, (laughs) I mean it's kind of just like you know it's part of the being a human with a mind that can Mm -hmm. do that kind of thing so do you have any anything to add to like to say about that and maybe any tips to help people, maybe the people that are listening, to just kind of start creating some space around their stories or being able to Mm -hmm. free themselves up from from some of their stories that maybe are not serving them at all. Right. 
So, yeah, so stories. And like you said, some of them can be really good. Yeah. Like I have a lot of clients who come in and say, I don't understand how I feel this way. I come from a really good family. Mm-hmm. And I'm not... I'm not. I'm not going to disagree with them and say I doubt it. Right? Yeah. Okay, I'm never ever going to yeah. do that. But there's a part of the story that's missing. Mm-hmm. It's the the story that they need to introduce me to first is I come from a good family. Yeah, like my parents are great. And in here, in with Rubenfeld Synergy, it's never, never, never about blame. Mm-hmm. Um, sometimes it can feel that way. Like I don't want to keep bringing up my mom. right it's not about blame it's about finding out what's really happening or happened Mm -hmm. so that we get to hear the truth Mm -hmm. when we know the truth we have more options Mm -hmm. and that's one of the things about stories is that they they just have one ending there's only one option when we hear the story yeah um the way that it's currently written yeah and it kind of closes down our options a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, and it says, no, this is the way it goes. Mm-hmm. This is the way I am. This is the way my family is. Mm-hmm. So um, one of the things, let's see, that, that listeners could do would be to maybe think about your story and your family of origin. What is, What do you think your family members know about you? Mm-hmm. What is kind of the story of you? Mm-hmm. as an individual. Um, so for me, it would be my my clear-cut story for my family is I'm the protector. Mm-hmm. I, you know, they're all, all my siblings are younger than me, and my, my parents aren't very, um, well, they're just not protective. <laughs> they, they, <laughs> okay. they, they, they weren't. Yeah. Um, that was my job, mm-hmm. is to be the, pr- the protector. Mm-hmm. Growing up, that's less and less appreciated right Mm -hmm. I finally had one of my sisters called and said you're gonna need to knock that shit off right (laughs) very appropriately she called and said that um and and I had to just be like well I don't even understand like why aren't you appreciating what I'm doing Mm -hmm. right but the truth is why okay so why would she appreciate that and also it's part of a story Mm -hmm. it's not reality that she needs me to protect her yeah um, so getting to know, like, you, you can ask yourself, what is your story in your family of origin? What are the roles mm-hmm. that you fulfill? Are you a protector? Um, are you the one that makes other people uncomfortable? Mm-hmm. Like, do you hurt Do you hurt people? Mm-hmm. You know, emotionally, that's a really hard one to yeah. live with. And, oh, I know, you know, part of my story is I don't make my, I don't make people very comfortable. Mm-hmm. We need to know what you know about that. Yeah. Right? Where, where did it come from? How come it's, how come it's a truth that you're living with? Yeah. What do you know about that truth? Mm-hmm. Right? So that it doesn't just become, well, that's a truth. Mm-hmm. And that's all there is to it. The story has been written. Yeah. I beg to differ. Yeah. That's, you can hear in that that the options are gone. Mm-hmm. Right? So leaning in with compassion and saying, tell me what you know. Yeah. About hurting people. Tell mm-hmm. me what you know about I make people uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. Right? And then we can kind of get to know more than the story. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, we can know how that's held in our bodies. Yeah. 
what part of our natural movement is limited by that truth yeah. of I hurt people, mm -hmm. right? I make others uncomfortable. Mm -hmm. I would imagine if that's part of a person's story, their movement in their body is somewhat limited mm -hmm. in an effort to not hurt others yeah right if part of their story so we're, we're talking now about all of the kind of, I kind of went into a more of like the negative stories but there are really positive truths mm -hmm. that we carry as well um, uh, like I make people laugh right we're much more comfortable with those yeah we're yeah. Those give us options but the mm -hmm. ones that kind of shut us down that yeah. limit us that say oh I already know mm -hmm. there's nothing I can do about Everybody knows that about me. Yeah. Yeah. Then I would say, come in. Mm -hmm. <laughs> like, come in. Let Let's hear more of what you actually know mm -hmm. when yeah. you're supported in safety. Yeah. And heard with compassion, so that you don't have to figure it all out on your own. Yeah. Right. We're We're hurt in relationship, and we heal as humans. In relationship, mm -hmm. it's actually true with dogs too. I mean, there's yeah. all those things online now of like dogs, and they're so scared, like the yeah, the rescue dogs, and they the when they heal is in relationship, yeah. when they're met with safety and compassion. It's just like, yeah. um, and I say that for all of the listeners who maybe have trouble meeting themselves yeah. with compassion, mm -hmm. but not maybe a dog. <laughs> Yeah. Right? Like, but the dog, I like, yeah. would do anything yeah. for the dog. Yeah. Well, I think from such a, an early age, I mean, really, since we're born, we kind of enter the world. The, the world is a judgmental place as soon as we're born. I mean, just even in the sense of the doctors, like, oh, yes, yeah, she's healthy, and she's this long, and this and that, and that, and instantly you're labeled, and you're identified a certain way. And, um, you know, so to be able to know like oh I can come into a space and this person is not going to place all these judgments on me but is going to be com compassionate and curious and I know curious. I love that word yeah I love when people are allowed to be curious about themselves yeah, yeah curious and I know from for me I think my first session when I came in here um, I really wanted to be able to be vulnerable which like hands down, and I feel completely safe being vulnerable. And it was really, I mean, within the first session, but then the following sessions, I definitely was like, oh yeah, this is a safe place. Like I can walk in this door and kind of be messy and it's going to be okay. And most likely that. I'm going to have a lot of like a breakthrough around that too. Right. You know, because I have somebody helping me. It's so heavy when we try to do things by ourselves and we yes. are like, I like that you brought up dogs because we are pack animals. We're, we're like oh, yeah, that's wolves. True. We're like dogs more than we are, you know, other more, um, like, animals that are more um, isolated, you know, like, live on their own. So I want to, um, you talked about, you know, the body and how the body holds the story. And one thing that I like about this modality for me is that it includes touch. And it's not like a massage. It's a very subtle, gentle touch, yeah. but that my whole body receives some hands-on touch. And that for me feels um, so powerful versus like sitting and just doing basic talk therapy because we're, we are talking during the session, but to have somebody 
putting their hands on me, really helping me stay in my body, stay tuned into how my body's feeling, because the body and the mind are so entwined. Yes. And so it feels so, so essential um, that the body's included in that way mm-hmm. and having somebody with compassionate hands. So I, I don't know if you have anything else to say about that piece or if you just want to give the viewers an idea of what a session is like. I mean, yeah. you've spoke a lot kind of about the elements that go into a session, but if you want to say just anything else about that, just so that people feel safe, you know, maybe reaching out and pursuing this type of work. I do have Yeah. Okay, good. <laughs> Strangely enough. Um, well, what I love and what, what I really noticed to be true over and over is when we combine touch with talk mm-hmm. it really works with the nervous system in mm-hmm. a different way and our nervous system gets set at a very early age yeah and um so um so being able to introduce a touch that hopefully it's my intention at least that it feels very, very safe mm-hmm. um, and supportive mm-hmm. and that, that it's kind of multi-layered and that it's listening to you, mm-hmm. to your body, Yeah. right? So if I have my hands underneath your shoulder, sometimes my intention, and I'll say to you, Amy, what's it like? with my hands completely supporting your shoulder. And Mm -hmm. you know, well, my intention is to support right then, right? Sometimes my hands are there really, I'm listening. Like I'm I'm trying very hard to notice, like does it, does your shoulder feel tight to me? Does it feel like, ooh, there's like a part of it that doesn't even really feel like it's here. Mm -hmm. Um, And then I can say to you, do you, do you notice this part? Does it, it feels kind of tight to me here. What is it? What do you notice? Mm-hmm. And and again, it, it does. Um, a, it kind of invites you to notice your body in a different way. Like mm-hmm. uh, maybe you would say, I, I don't feel anything in that shoulder, mm-hmm. which is is in and of itself. It's a big deal, yeah. right? And we can hear that with compassion. And not, again, not trying to change anything, but just, yeah, what's it like to hear yourself say that? Mm-hmm. I don't feel anything yeah. in that show. It's a powerful statement. Yeah. Instead of instead of maybe dismissive if we're on our own. I don't feel anything in that shoulder. Let's move on, shall we? Yeah. yeah right? <laughs> Which we might do if we mm-hmm. were on our own. Um, um, and it is saying to the nervous system over and over, I'm here. I'm listening, mm-hmm. and it's kind of rewiring mm. all of those parts that we checked out from yeah. a long time ago. Mm-hmm. Um, so that, to me, is why our ner- I started to say earlier our nervous system is is kind of it gets set at a very early age. Mm-hmm. So it's another reason why it's never about blaming to go back in time yeah. and say, when was the first time you remember? feeling that way mm-hmm. like if I don't move I'll be safe or so that's a yep. pretty that's a pretty loaded one to say but um, when was the first time you remember feeling that way and mm-hmm. when you're on the table on the bodywork table and you feel safe 
and you feel supported, right? Mm-hmm. All those things have to happen first. It is easier to go and go, well, I think I was too. Mm-hmm. You know, and we can and we can go back to that time and talk about when a person was two mm-hmm. and what it was like for that two-year-old whose nervous system was working really hard to figure out how to protect him or herself. Yeah. Um, and go back to that time and say, right, what did that two-year-old need? What did they need at that mm-hmm. point? So finally, you know, at two, you can't... Re- Unless your caregiver is really tuned into you, mm-hmm. um, which, let, let's face it, a parent can't be super tuned into you at every moment, right? Yeah, exactly. Um, that sometimes things get missed, and we can go back and say, what did that two-year-old need, mm-hmm. right? That almost pre-verbal, yeah. right? At two, you don't have a huge vocabulary. Yeah. And you can say, oh, she just needed somebody to stand next to her. Mm-hmm. Well, so simply in saying, okay, like who does she want to stand next to her? Mm-hmm. Notice what, like if, if the client's eyes are closed and they can see that image of themselves as a two-year-old mm-hmm. and they can say, oh, like she looks happier now. Like she put her head down on the person standing next to her. And then I can say, what do you notice in your body right now? Mm-hmm. as you see that image. And time after time, the client will say, I just, I feel so safe right now. Mm-hmm. And and it's a different level of safety. Mm-hmm. It's like going back and recollecting those parts of ourselves. Yeah. That, <laughs> again, it makes you choked up just to think about what it's like because... Um, those parts deserved it then, and they still do. It's like they're still waiting. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and that is working with the nervous system, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And finally saying, I've got you. Yeah. Right? They can, you can finally ask for what you needed mm-hmm. all those years ago. Yeah. And be met right there. Mm-hmm. And that starts to introduce to our ner- nervous system, oh, I'm okay safe mm-hmm. right instead of somebody saying to you why don't you feel safe like I, it's hard for you to say those words like that yeah again it's not an accident yeah if we don't feel safe or or we always oh, feel on edge are we mm-hmm. like um so it's going into the body mm-hmm. bringing our awareness to our bodies um with touch and talk combined to get to those integral um, parts of ourself mm-hmm. that it seems to me are, are waiting for us. Yeah, yeah, that's beautiful. Mm-hmm. Um, well, we're going to wrap. We're about at the end of our, our time. I mean, we could talk and talk and talk, I think, about this topic because yeah. <laughs> it's so fascinating. Do you have any words of wisdom to say before we, we wrap things up for the viewers or anything, um, you know, if you think about yourself moving through your day, and maybe it's something that you've already said, but you could repeat it too, um, that just maybe something that the viewer or the listeners mm-hmm. can, a little nugget that they can take with them 
and maybe even try on today as they move through the rest of their day something to leave them with or words of encouragement mm, words of encouragement um anything that you think what does what do the listeners need to hear what do they need to hear? what's a message that you that you think maybe the listeners myself yourself the planet people humanity what what's a message that we need to hear right now a message is um that you do have options Mm, and many of us um, we really we've become convinced over the years that we don't Mm -hmm. that we don't have options Mm -hmm. and I promise you that you do Mm, I love that have options I love that sometimes you know we we spend a lot of time trying to figure things out from our heads we kind of spin in circles there yeah and when we can drop down into our bodies I mean think about how much more terrain that is how much more of a system how much bigger the system gets when you look at your whole body that knows you that knows you intimately Mm -hmm. and when we can drop down into that area um, for wisdom and for knowledge we find those options yeah yeah we do yeah they're there and um, and I guess what I guess the word hope comes Mm -hmm. to mind Mm -hmm. um, that uh, and options are linked with hope for me that there are options and there is hope to feel differently, to yeah. know yourself well. Yeah. Um, and it doesn't have to be painful. Yeah. It can actually be really supportive mm-hmm. and safe mm-hmm. when, I guess, when, when we're helped, when we're not expected to do it all ourselves or figure it all out in our heads. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. Just again, going back to the story, it's like it doesn't have to have that one ending. It can yes, have many, many, many different yeah. endings. There's lots of different options, like you're saying, once you open up to use the entire instrument of your body, you know, and all of that. that and maybe wisdom. you love your ending. Maybe you love your life yeah. so much. And it doesn't have to be a but, but I'd... It's a, maybe you really love your ending and you would like more. Yeah. And you want more of this movement or that movement or there, there, there can be a lot more ands. Yeah, yeah. And <laughs> around, along with that too, it's, it's like I feel like, yeah, that desire, like ha- having desire is such a, 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 like a pivotal piece of being a human being. And yes. so if you feel like your story has only one ending, you know, you, you have to kind of dampen a lot of your desires because, oh, those aren't possible. So like knowing like that there's so many options, I feel like that can like kind of enliven your heart and allow your desires to start to come to the surface because you know mentally or intellectually, which sometimes helps for us to hear things and then like be like, oh, okay, like to know, like, no, you can open up the ending and there's so many options and, but you, you most likely will need to do this work in relationship, you know, to kind of access those options. You you most likely will need to be in relationship with people. And it's really helpful to have, to be in relationship with somebody who is trained in this way. 
Yeah. And there's lots of other modalities, too, that can support you. But that's always been, that's been one of my main things, especially in the last, you know, several years of, like, support, 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 support. (laughs) Like, we need it. And... Um, it's important to give yourself that time. We, we used to call different modalities like alternative yeah. modalities, and now it's really they're calling um, modalities complementary. Yeah, like complementary yeah. care, and I think that that's one of the things that we there is a lot we can do on our own. Yeah, and mm-hmm. <laughs> it's it's also I think important to have complementary care. Yeah. Oh yeah. To complement sure. what we already have. Yeah. Yeah. So. Yeah, the, the kind of the old paradigm of, like, you go to the doctor, and the doctor diagnoses you, mm-hmm. and he gives you some pills, or she gives you some pills, and maybe, maybe you know, if you're experiencing mental health issues, you might be referred to a psych- psychiatrist or a psychologist, mm-hmm. you know, and so that's quite limiting, right? you know, and so the paradigm is opening, and now we've got all these complementary medicines, mm-hmm. and some of them are becoming more more mainstream or more accepted even through health right. insurance, and yeah. I think it's just going to continue to open and build, but we are a complex being that is so much more than just the physical body. You know, there's the mind and the emotions to work with and the spirit and And I love what you just said, Amy, about the desire, Mm -hmm. like the the, desires kind of open up our lives. And and it is, it's being allowed to have desire, to desire more, Mm -hmm. being able to reach for our needs. What Mm -hmm. stops us? Yeah from reaching for our needs. We often know ourselves as humans through our needs. So what happens when many of us aren't allowed to have needs? So that's another whole topic. But I love that needs, desires. Are we allowed to desire more? Yeah. Yes. The answer is always, always yes. 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 So take that with you, listeners. (laughs) Yes, you can have more. You can desire more. There's lots of options for you. Your story is not set in stone. Um, paper burns really easily. <laughs> digital like files that. can be, there's so many digital <laughs> stories nowadays too. Digital, digital mm-hmm. files can be deleted. No problem. Right. Um, rewriting the story is, is doable. So I'm going to leave, um, a link to Mary's website if you want to check her out. Um, and I highly recommend that you do, especially if you're in the Twin Cities area of Minnesota, because that's where she's located but there's Rubenfeld synergist all over the the nation or they're the planet. Coming. There are more and more of us being trained now and okay. um yeah. Okay. Yeah, Great. Find us. Yeah. Highly highly recommend it. So thank you so much Mary for taking the time to You're share your so story. Thank you. And uh, um stay tuned for the next episode. Thanks for listening. Mm-hmm.